America's Card Room is bringing the Online Super Series 6. From April 15th to April 24th, you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 6 cents. The OSS 6 has $2.5 million in prize pools, including the $1 million guaranteed tournament on Sunday, April 24th. Only at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 86 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from AmericasCardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the America's Cardroom adverts on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website for free and also via iTunes. Just search One Outer Podcast. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then the best way is to email questions at OneOuter.com. Alternatively, you can tweet or Facebook them to me. Alex, I'm still fighting the dregs of this cold. But I'm feeling much better than I was last week. How are you this week? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me here, man. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, I just literally the last couple of days started to venture outside the house again. Oh, yeah. Scary. Uh, I went out for a haircut yesterday, and uh, my hair's been like a lot longer than usual. And I said, I- I've been feeling really hot and fevery and stuff, you know, with this. And the weather's oh, been no. actually for Scotland. And, like, the guy's got the, in the barber, he's got the, you know, the cape around me and stuff. I'm feeling hot. And I just said to him, I said, uh, no, not usual. I says, can I get something a bit shorter But uh, for summer? Don't take much off the top, though. And he's like, oh, for summer? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's absolutely blitzed my hair. <laughs> the sides and back. Although he did, to be fair, didn't take much off the top, but. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's quite a severe it's haircut. It's weird. I just got a haircut. Like, I went to, uh, I, I went to, there's a black barber shop, like, down the street, which I dig because the women always mess up my hair. And I, I you know, I explained to the dude, I was like, look, I'm white. There's only so much you can do with my hair, right? <laughs> but, like, don't take too much of the length off, right? Because then I start, I start looking a lot fatter when you take off more of my hair, right? And then, yeah, the guy ended up making me look like Jimmy Darmody from, like, Boardwalk Empire, right? Like, my hair was, like, so long at the top, right? That's kind of what mine's is like. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, we both look like uh, Donald Trump right now. We both, <laughs> we both look like Donald Trump's son. The funniest thing is his son's yeah. got the same thing. Like, it's like, what the hell are you doing, kid? Like, learn from your dad's example. But, I know. Yeah. That's his brand. That's his brand. That is his brand, yeah. I don't... I don't... But yeah, so it's a severe haircut. And like, you know, it will grow back. But I'm like, holy shit, you know. Like, so I think I'm going to... Uh, avoid going out the house and bumping into people as well. <laughs> I, I, I look quite rough. It looks quite rough. Um, anyway, what's been happening? How was your uh, your webinar, your new webinar last ah, Saturday, like, I think it was? It went amazing. Hey, one public service announcement. If any of y'all got poker stars, I can send a bank wire, uh, preferably in the United States, I can send a bank wire. But, yeah, anyway, no, uh, gearing up for scoop, that's what that was. I don't even know how much I'm going to play of Scoop, but I, a few people I know do need money, so, you know, we're trying to get that all hooked up. Uh, we're a little under, so, yeah, uh, if any of y'all want to contact me, 
uh, go ahead. Assassinoutcoaching@gmail.com. We'll figure it out. You send first because I'm not going to jeopardize my incredibly lucrative coaching deals to, <laughs> to scam you for 4K, right? But like, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, the webinar went incredible, man. Like, it went really, really well. It was, uh, uh, it was really fluid. Uh, I had a really good performance. I practiced before I came in there. Like, I went through the slides and just kind of tried to think of what I was going to do. Uh, my voice kind of gave out at a certain point, but I got through it a lot better than before. Like, I really, uh, battle raps really helped me learn how to, like, project from the gut. And, uh, yeah, it, it went really well. It was, everybody was super happy with it. Every I haven't gotten... Normally, there's, like, one or two people that are like, hey, this wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, we had nothing like that this time. Everybody who's ridden in has been extremely happy with, uh, with the product. They're really happy they were there. And, yeah, I'm looking... Uh, you know, I was thinking, like, the whole process for doing this webinar was really joyful. Like, I really had a lot of fun uh, writing it. I had a lot of fun talking to the designer about what different ways I wanted it to look. I, wa I had a lot of fun uh, presenting it. I, I had a lot of fun, like, answering people's questions. And I was thinking, you know, uh, I guess this is an announcement of sorts, but <clears throat> I'm doing the math. And it's it's like with the private lessons, we're just not reaching the number of people that we could be reaching. Uh, and it doesn't really seem like it goes anywhere because there's only so much people should pay for a poker lesson, right? Before, to me, it's just like a scam, right? And then uh, I'm not going to raise it beyond that point. The problem is you can only get so many people... Uh, I mean, for if you're doing a one-on-one -on -one lesson, obviously you can only do so many lessons, right? Because like you as a person can only be there so often, right? And I'm not going to raise prices. So like the problem is every other one of my bills goes up, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as time goes on. And yeah, I mean, I, I, play, I played around with the idea of like raising prices. But, like, I was thinking probably what I'm going to do from now on is I'm going to have times I'll, like, come back for lessons. And a lot of the other times, though, now I'm going to be uh, – I'm just going to be focusing on webinars right now. Uh, just, just because uh, with the webinar, I reach 50 people, like, in a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my, my job, like, at the end of the day, my, my job is to help people, right? And the better I help people – the better it works out for everybody, right? Myself, you guys, everything. And it's like, it, with the webinar as well, and by the way, if you guys have a lesson already booked with me, or you were already talking with me about it, don't worry, we'll, figure, we'll get it done, right? I, this is something, uh, this is something that's going to like phase in. You know, essentially what's going to happen is I'm just going to be like, there's going to be certain times I'm just not taking on new students. That's the other thing. When people book a lesson now, like they go, they go look and they're like, man, I got to wait like three weeks, right? Like a month to get a lesson. It's just, it's clear to me this is not, I'm not reaching everybody, right? And there's a lot of people that write in, they want to buy the lesson and stuff. And I like, I can't get them in within a few weeks. And then they just like, all right, I'm going to look for other options, which is not, I don't think that's good for you guys because I don't think, I, I don't think anybody provides the service I do. Like, I, I mean, 
uh, I hate false modesty, so I'm not going to be modest here. I don't think anybody provides the service I do. That is the that is the truth. Okay, and I I really would like to provide that service. Like obviously for my family's sake, for my, you know, so I can continue paying my bills. And I would also like to reach everybody, right? Because I really, I really do, do believe everybody deserves a fair shot. I think the way that they're doing, <clears throat> like, to me, like, my last two, my last two webinars, like, give you a fair shot, right? Like, the professional's mindset teaches you how to learn and learn, uh, you know, master poker with one hour a day teaches you what to learn, right? That gives you a fair shot, which is really important because right now to me, like if poker were golf, like, uh, like poker professionals would be like driving range. What's a driving range? I don't know what a driving range is. If you, if you want to get better at uh, golf, you should uh, pretend your four iron is a baseball bat and go outside and hit wiffle balls. You know, like, I mean, they're just lying to people. Like, I mean, straight up, like, I'm watching different, I'm doing a lot of research now, so I'm really trying to get into, you know, like, what is being taught about poker. And I'm like, I'm horrified, Barry. I thought we'd really stepped it up in this industry. We really haven't. Like, there's, a, there's just blatant lies on the most expensive training sites. There's no chance, like, the forebearer of that site, like, the guy who's supposed to be the big player of that site is, knows what's going on. Right. Like our like it, it just it blows my mind. Right. It's uh, it, it's really it, it, that's not to say everything out there is bad. Like the weird thing to me is that when I'm finding like quality content, first off, most people don't even know how to like check it. Right. I have like I have a lot of different ways I can run things up the flagpole and see if it works. I have like, I have a really vast network of people that can go. Yeah. But look, look at this, Alex. And then. Essentially, most people do not have my network, do not have my experience, and I'm really, I'm finding a lot of good stuff, but I'm finding a lot of, you know, I'm just finding a lot of, like, blatant lies. So, what I think I'm probably going to do now is I'm going to focus a lot on webinars, because I really do think, uh, I, I, now people are like, are, are you worried you're making the game stuff? And I'm like, no, because a lot of people, you know, uh, a, a lot of people... It takes them a while to get the work in, so it's a it's a gradually uh, evolving thing. A lot of a lot of the students we have are, you you know, they're like doctors or lawyers or something like that. So it's not like they're playing all day every day in my games, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're like they're they're working their ass off, right? And uh, but they're just not going to like totally impact the games. And then there's a lot of like pros, you know, that just get very busy with grinding and perhaps. Uh, don't apply themselves in the way that I think would be really beneficial. But it's it's really hard to get to the top no matter what, right? But, like, I think people just deserve a fair shot, right? And I think my materials give people that shot, right? They let you know what to learn. They let you know what to focus on. So I think I'm going to be focusing a lot on webinars uh, here in the future. Still doing private lessons, but we're going to – you know what I mean? It's one of those things like every day I do private lessons, I prepare webinars, I write, and I play poker. Like that's 12, 13 hours a day, right? Sometimes more. Sometimes, uh, and that's fine, except for like something's got to, 
the, the problem is you can't do that four days a week without getting extremely exhausted, right? And the thing, like the, the fastest reward typically is just doing one lesson a day or just taking like a week or two off as far as like lessons and then just really banging out a webinar. And then it, 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 it I don't know, it's been interesting. I've been experimenting. Everything's an experiment, Barry. It's so, it's so fun like making the schedules like when you work on your own and like trying to keep to them. I know a lot of people, they like it when somebody else tells them what to do, but I'm not like that. I like, I really, I, I, I like playing with it a little bit more. And it's, uh, I don't know, the other thing with the last webinar is it was like, uh, uh, it, it was like we kept most of the people who saw the professional's mindset saw uh, Master Poker with one hour a day, which is really encouraging to me. It shows you guys like really come out like, you know, and like you appreciate the discounts. They give like the longer time customers. So, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of good stuff is coming up. Well, uh, if you guys sign up for my newsletter, you're going to uh, I'm sure you're going to hear about all this. So we'll see, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's good, as you say, for the same people, they're, they're turning out for the other ones, they obviously, that's the best sort of recommendation. You right, can get right exactly. People, you know. Okay, uh, let's get into the questions then. All right. Now, the first one is an email I received, and I wasn't really sure what the guy was on about, so maybe <laughs> you can... I, yeah, I had to message him back, and he said, uh, hey, it'd uh, be very nice if you could send me topics one to six i really want to study more poker and just got poker tracker four i'm a micro stakes uh, grinder uh, that needs to be changed i doubled my background three months as i'm sticking to strict background management i uh, would appreciate your help so i messaged back the guys Niels from germany and he said here we go uh, sorry uh, we wrote an art sorry he wrote an article meaning you uh, he wrote an article where he explained how to study poker like a pro on Poker News slash Pocket Fives. I sent an email, uh, but got a reply that he's off his email, and that's why I sent it to you. Um. So this guy's <laughs> this guy's looking for practice topics one to six. So you should know what he's on about. How can he get them? Uh, you guys just write me at assassinhourcoaching at gmail dot com if you want that. And uh, it, it, it's pretty. Uh, I have an autoresponder that just lets you know I'm not on my email like 24-7. Like, I don't know. A lot of people expect I, – I think a lot of people get like three, five emails a day, and they take like five, ten minutes to respond to. So at maximum, a lot of them probably take like two minutes to respond to. So I think in most people's minds, uh, people's email is just like that. They don't understand I get 100 messages a day. Uh, actually, it's across a lot of different platforms, and I uh, a lot of times I just miss things, right? But uh, I'm not missing anything right now as far as assassinhourcoaching at gmail.com if you write there. Uh, actually, you can write me at alex at pokerheadrush.com too if you want to write a more professional <laughs> email address as opposed to a Gmail address. Uh, but uh, there's... Uh, yeah, I'm getting back to everyone. It's taken the last couple of days have been kind of chilling. Uh, I really I worked uh, ten days without a break, and uh, like straight ten days in a row. So yesterday I didn't even take a break yesterday. I did one lesson, but you know, like I watched the Mariners, I watched the NBA Finals. I mean NBA Finals, NBA playoffs. Even though they're terrible this round because every game's a blowout, 
And, uh, yeah, watch the Rockies versus the Reds, even though I'm not a follower of each either team, although that was an amazing game. But, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I do take days off, you know what I mean? Like, and I, the, the, yesterday I couldn't get to my email because I was working on something else. And uh, I, I took my wife out yesterday because it was kind of, uh, we hadn't really gotten some time to hang out in a while. So, you know, you guys, like, I write that autoresponder because it responds to 90% of people's inquiries, uh, like, automatically. And then uh, I do read your emails, and if I see something wasn't, re- like, answered in the email, I- I'll go ahead and I'll write you back. And if I just want to say hi, you know, I usually, the cool thing with the autoresponder is it'll give you a lot of the details. And then I realize m- most of you guys just want to know, like, I'm reading your email, you know what I mean? I'm not, like, blowing you off. And then I'm, like, you know, I write, like, two sentences back, and it's like, hey, man, thanks for writing this in. I really appreciate it. And that's, you know, I like I like doing that because it lets you guys know I care. It also, you know, it saves me a lot of time because if you can see the length of the autoresponder, you can see there's quite a few inquiries that come in, right? And, uh, yeah, you know, you can just read all that for all the information. As far as this specific article, I did... I thought something I thought this was pretty clever of me. I put out a three part article where one came out on my newsletter, one came out on poker news, and one came out on Pocket Fives, right? And a preview article came out on America's Card Room's blog, right? And uh I had you all like write me in if you wanted the whole thing and then I would send you the whole thing, but it would come with um, the flyer for my webinar, right? And that really drove up sales. Right. And I mean, if you wanted to skip it, like it took a quarter of a second to get past the flyer, right? Then you got the content. But yeah, uh, if you wrote me at assassinarcoaching.gmail.com, don't worry. Uh, I'll be getting back to it. Uh, well, today, really, I, I'm probably I'm probably coming into the office today for a little bit, uh, probably. Uh, took took a few days to, I, I don't know, I guess if you work 10 days, you take a three-day weekend, but I never take a, I'm never taking a time off. Like, if I think about it, this is really the 12th day in a row because I've done some kind of work, like, every day. But, you know, I I choose not to think about it like that. Oh, and if you guys write me on Friday and Saturday, those are supposed to be my days off. So I'm not probably going to write you back those days. But, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll handle it, man. Don't worry about it. I'll write, I'll write you back with it. And be sure to sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss anything, you know. Uh, go, go to, uh, uh, go to pokeredwish.com, sign up for that newsletter, and then you can see the different parts on Pocket Fives and Poker News, and yeah, you know, it's all good. Okay, and let's get into the next question, that is from Donald Klein, uh, Alex, I first read some of your training in Jonathan Little's Excelling at No Limit Hold'em, now I read your article in Pocket Fives on Practice. I really appreciate the information you gave in the article. In the practice article in Pocket Fives, I now know how to use the filters in Hold'em Manager 2, thanks to you. Would you send me or direct me where I can get 1 through 3 and 7 through 9? It's a fun thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh... as, as mentioned in this article, and any other advice on studying Hold'em Manager 2 records, I also have just purchased Flopzilla after reading your chapter in Little's book. Uh, 
two coming that I always said there. And this what, is, is it a handwritten letter? <laughs> did he, did he... No, it's the way it's copy and pasted. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, the scroll here got burned yeah, yeah, yeah. It, on its way the through message, Damascus. The message, in a, the, the message in a bottle. So basically, yeah. and any more expensive stuff on Flopzilla. So similar thing. Uh, you know, uh, it's kind of hard to answer through audio. So one thing I'm wanting to do, the other cool thing with webinars is you don't have to charge for them, right? So I'm thinking of doing a lot of like free webinars for people because the few we've done, like got like 300 people or whatever, and it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I'd love to do something like that. And uh, I think I'm going to do a lot of this stuff. Like I'm just going to show you guys how to, because like the various software, I, I like I, I do use it like, in my like my paid for webinars because like if it's something really crucial I want you guys to know but like I don't like making that a big focus of the webinar because a lot of that stuff can be found online for free and you know like that's not really cool uh, <laughs> to, but like I'd like to give my own take on it because there, I, I think I'm more of the normal person I can show you where I got hung up on certain things uh, some tips for studying uh, with the Flopzilla and all that with the Flopzilla uh, the, uh, I mean, the biggest thing to start with is just the small situations. Uh, something that's really interesting is just continuation bets, like fundamentals, like uh, John Wooden, who won an ungodly number of college basketball championships, which is pretty incredible considering, you know, he, his players just graduated out every four years. Uh, he, uh, I think it's 16 is the number I heard, like 16 championships. He's this guy's a legend in the States. Like, and, uh, you know, they'd go to his practices and they'd be amazed. Like, he never raised his voice. And it was all just fundamentals, 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 like, over and over again. Like, passing the ball correctly. Uh, like, how, how you, uh, you know, how you drive the lane and all that, right? And it was just, it was incredible. Uh, it, it, it was just incredible, his focus on, like, you know, the basics. And I think a lot of people with Flopzilla think, like, they get, oh, I get this fancy piece of software and I got to figure out how to trick it out and I got to figure out how to run a triple barrel bluff. Like, you know, I'll show you how to do that eventually, right? Uh, and you can check out uh, Upcoming the Myth of Poker Talent. Uh, my upcoming book has a lot on this stuff. Uh, it's going to be out probably this summer, right? You can check that out. But if you don't want to wait, you know, there's a lot of the uh, on cardrunners.com. Uh, you can check it out. Use promo code FREEMONTH, all capital letters. But, like, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of, like, i got to put, like, a free YouTube video out there to show you all how to do it. But, like, the easiest ones, like, I think you should just start with the easier ones once you just get Flopzilla. Like, a really good way to begin is just to, uh, you put in a guy's calling range, you put in a flop, and then you say, okay, like, how often is this guy defending on this board? So... One way you can do that is just put a blue filter next to everything you think is playing, then look at the percentage at the bottom, and then whatever's left is how often he's folding, right? And a lot of times you're going to find uh, the numbers are pretty substantial. You're going to find that you can actually cash out your equity and like bet a lot more often than a lot of training videos tell you. A, lo a lot of training videos tell you it's really important to be balanced. It's really important to be balanced. Uh, I, I don't really think that's true when you're playing like $20 MTTs. I don't think anybody really cares, nor should they care, what, that you're balancing. You're playing like 50, 100 hands with these guys, and pretty much that's going to be it for your entire life. 
So a lot of times it's just a better idea to, you're going to see like most of the time your guys miss 50, 55% of the time on the board and your C-bet about half the pot needs to work about 33% of the time. Now, uh, there are exceptions and it's really important you just play with it. I like to just use the random board feature and see like what boards are like really atrocious. And if I start seeing patterns, I write those patterns down. I just kind of, I keep, I, I write it down in it. I used to do old school notepads. Just back in the day, you kids, I didn't have OneNote or Evernote or any of that. But like now I use Evernote and that one's pretty, that one's pretty sick because you like write in uh, Evernote and it like updates to like 17 different devices and the cloud. But like, yeah, you just carry around your cell phone and read, uh, uh, instead of reading your texts all day, you should be reading, uh, you know, your notes. And then that kind of just cements in your mind, right? And then uh, another interesting one is just like check raising, right? If you have the guy like C-betting his entire range, which I think is pretty accurate when you call uh, from the big blind. Like you complete from the big blind, you check. A lot of people are, are like, well, he's out of position. He just did uh, all those very weak actions. I'm going to bet, try to pick this pot up. If they check back anything, it tends to be a value hand. So uh, that actually makes their range weaker. So you, something that's really interesting to me is uh, uh, you have the guy C-betting the entire range, right? And uh, you, you just put in his opening range, you put in the board, and then you look at how often your check race needs to work. So you divide the bet size by the size of the entire pot. And then uh, so like let's say the bet needs to work 46% of the time. That means he needs to defend 54% of the time. So now you put a blue filter next to everything that's defending versus your check raise. And if that number adds up to more than 54, this wasn't a good check raise. If it adds up to less than 54, it was a good check raise, right? Uh, assuming the preflop call was profitable, right? Which you can also figure out uh, with Flopzilla if you want. And uh, it, it, that one's pretty easy. You just put their range. You put your hand in dead cards. You look at a hand equity. You look at what you needed to call. And uh, do realize if you do that, like, let's say you needed 20, uh, let's say you needed uh, 27 per, uh, you needed 27% equity and you actually had 30% equity, right? Well, that means you need to realize your equity 90% of the time, which can be really difficult. But uh, if it's, you know, if it's something like you needed 16% equity and you actually had 28, that, that, that seems pretty reasonable, right? Now, uh, Moving on, like when, when you do the check race, look at what's defending. And, uh, it, you know, I would just do a bunch of different boards and see, like, it, the really interesting ones are, like, even if the guy, like, drop kick punts with, like, bottom pair, like, he's still not defending enough. Even if he jams, like, twos, right? Like, an under pair, he's still not defending enough. Those are really interesting boards to me because those are the boards you can lean on really frequently. And,. It, it's really hard to mess those up because, like, if the guy does play ace high, I don't really think that's on you. Uh, I, I think that's more just, you know, once like 10, 20% of the time, you do have to accept your play is going to fail, right, uh, with certain uh, – so you want to make sure you're really, like, clearing it. Uh, the pro, like, you don't want your profit margin to be, like, a couple percent there. You want it to be pretty decent, right? But there's a lot of times, like, your bet – needs to work like 44% of the time, and it's going to work like 57. That's like, that's a perfect, that's a perfect spot to do that because, you know, once in a while he does like find like a freak tr uh, three bet, right? And uh, you do have to, that's just part of, 
part of the cost of doing business is getting shown bluffs, right? But by the way, if people ever show you a bluff, that means like you really infuriated them, right? That means like you got under their skin. And that's really, uh, that I don't really think that goes that well for the person who shows bluffs. I used to show bluffs a lot, but it was more of an insecurity thing. Like, Oh, look what I can do to you. And, uh, I don't really think it's like the best play. Uh, I, I think like I could never dream of showing a bluff now because I don't want people at my table knowing that I'm a, uh, I, you know, I'm like triple barreling somebody off their chips. But like if somebody shows you a bluff, that's probably because they don't bluff enough. That means your play probably was a good play. It means that likely that's the only bluff that guy's done all year. And he just, and by the way, if people do that a lot to you, you got to, this is kind of this is kind of a live poker thing, but you got to figure out how people like adjust to you. Like, I know some old timers like nobody ever thinks they're bluffing, so they just never bluff at them, right? Uh, it, I kind of look like I'm out there to like take people's chips. I can't get that look off my face. That's how I've always looked, right? And uh, so I got to expect that people want to play back at me a little bit more, and people people are gonna get a little more heated with me because they feel like when I sat down, it wasn't there to be friendly. And I mean, that's fine. You know what I mean? That, that, that's how life goes, you know, and it, you can counteract that. You can be nicer to people, you know, but you got to be aware of what your look is like, like what, how people uh, perceive you. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would start with those flopzilla ideas. I'd really try to work on like check raises and C bets and some like, uh, you know, some of the easier plays, right? Like some of the stuff that just has to do with the flop. And then a little bit later, you know, sign up for my uh, sign up for my newsletter. And when we're doing some of these free webinars, uh, you know, be ready. And uh, we're going to do them. You know, it's going to be fun. We're going to show how to use Flopzilla for a lot of different things. And uh, I think it's going to be real fun. And uh, if you guys want to deal on Flopzilla or Cardrunners EV, write me at assassinatecoaching at gmail.com. We'll, uh, we'll get to work. We'll get it done. Okay. And next question is from someone that sent in a question. I can't remember how long ago, but I do remember them. Um, hello, I wrote in before seeking advice on moving to Maryland. Maryland, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, Mar- Maryland. Uh, Maryland. Yeah. Maryland is how yeah. I guess I would say it. That's, it's so yeah. weird when you want to show people your accent. You have to like consciously not think about it as you yeah. speak, because like, if you think it's not going to happen. But like, yeah, Maryland. I get, I, yeah. Well, he went there to play full time, and now I'm nine months in with an update. As you requested. <laughs> thought he was going to so say nine months. months pregnant or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the last five months of 2015, I went on the worst run of cards in my life. Fortunately, I was being conservative and playing mostly live, two to five NL. So it was a 19k downswing. Wow. On top of on top of heavy moving expenses, I was feeling worried, but kept working hard, studying, and putting in table hours. 2016 has been the other side of the coin, with some big tournament crashes. 38k at the LAPC, 13k nice. uh, poker night in America, and 24k in a WSOP circuit event. Also, I've been doing very well in cash and moving up the states, even taking a shot at 2550 NL when the game was excellent. My question is, how much of my action should I keep this summer at the World Series of Poker? The bankroll sits around 110k, with six months' expenses in a separate account, and I plan on making two trips of two weeks each and playing around 16k in buy-ins. 
plus to the how, how much in mines? Sixteen. Sixteen k. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, plus ten k main event. How much of the prelims and main event would you recommend that I sell? I don't think I'll have any trouble selling action, so that's not a concern. Thanks for all your continued contributions to the community, guys. Much love, Chase Bianchi or Bianchi. Bianchi. Yeah, Bianchi. I don't know how that is. I don't. Uh, it's okay. I only lived in Italy for a year. Why would I know how to pronounce that? But yeah, anyway, uh, it, there, there's like, there's a bunch of stuff to unpack here. Like, I'm really happy for your success, but at the same time, I'm concerned about all the tournament scores because I, LAPC is pretty expensive, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know how much money you had. Like, normally, if my buddy told me, hey, I have 110K, I want to spend 26K, and uh, the WSOP, how much should I sell? I'd be like, none. Let it ride, right? Like, let it go. Cause, like, so it, but that assumes you're going to go right back to cash, right? You're going to play, you know, you're going to take that 75K, you're going to play cash, you're going to have good bankroll management. Uh, you're, if you do play MTTs, you're going to play, like, 500s and stuff like that. If you're not, I can't really give you that advice because a lot of people have to – you know, they have to keep, like, going after that, right? They let it ride once, and that's it. And uh, I, 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 to me, like, going from 110K to 76, I, I don't think it's, like, the end of the world. Or, uh, 70, uh, yeah, 74. Yeah, hold up. Did I do that right? Yeah, I did. Okay, 26K, yeah. Okay, so to me, that would not be the end of the world. But if that were me, like, right after we were done, I would, you know, be like, all right, time to rebuild a little bit. And... Go back to the 2.5, maybe a little 5.10. I mean, yeah, 5.10, 5.10's real good. Uh, I, I'd, be, I'd be real careful in going to 10.20 or above. And uh, you got to really know the game, you know what I mean? you got to be in there, like, every day and, like, paying attention to people and figuring it out, like, when it's going to hit the fan, right? Uh, like, when Stu Unger is going to come in high and you're all going to pick him off, you know? And uh, you're, you're going to have to figure that all out. And... Uh, but, like, what you can't do after this, like, I'd say just go for it, but afterwards you got to, like, the biggest MTT you can play, like, I, I think, like, you shouldn't be playing more than, like, a $500 tournament typically. Like, the WSOP is different every year because the prize pools are so insane. But, like, LAPC is not different. Bay 101, all those, uh, all, all those tournaments are not different, right? Like, if you want to show up and, like, play the satellites, right, you know, you want to show up and play cash and play the sats, I think that's a really good strategy. I think a lot of people play really terrible in one-table satellites. Uh, uh, and then, like, you know, if you win, like, seven of them, by all means, play the seat. But, you know, generally, you're not going to be doing that. You're going to be grinding up. Uh, I, I'm, I, a lot of people do this, like, oh, man, can I please play this? Not saying you're doing this, Chase, but people do this with me. It's like, oh, can I please play this, can I? The thing they don't understand is, like, the 10Ks and all that stuff are, like, for the grandmasters in poker. They should be, like, nobody has a bankroll big enough for a lot of these tournaments, right? And uh, if you're going to play them, it should be sparingly, or it should be because you have mastered the game, like, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, Eric Seidel should be playing everything he can, because Eric Seidel is Eric Seidel. You're not Eric Seidel yet, you know? So there, there's a lot of... There's a lot of waiting involved before you get your uh, proverbial black belt in poker, but you got to grind up there. I mean, and everybody did it. Phil Ivey used to just play satellites and cash, like, around the tournaments. Uh, a, a, like, uh, a lot of these guys just, like, 
you know, they would run for other people's coffee in the game, right, and get, like, little dollar tips that they play in, like, seven-card stud games. Uh, guys with, like, four or five bracelets, that's how they started, you know? So you got to... Uh, you got to work up, you know what I mean? And it, I think you're doing a pretty good job of that. I'm really glad you got through your bad stretch. Another thing I wanted to say about your bad stretch, probably wasn't a bad stretch. Odds being what they were, you probably were playing bad. It's really hard to get into that bad of a bad stretch in live cash. And, and that's fine. You know, that's to be expected when you go. Uh, I'm sure you ran bad as well, but I'm sure you probably, it's really hard to change to keep your game together. I mean, I'm not surprised, like, everything just, like, changed whammy on 2016, right? Because uh, you probably told yourself, like, okay, time to reset. All right, I can do this. But with 2015, I think you were probably getting into some bad habits if we watched you play. And I think that's probably what led to a lot of your uh, – that's probably what led to a lot of your downswing. So just be caught. By the way, that, that kind of downswing, the worst run of your cards of your life, you know, get used to it. It's going to happen a lot, right? It's going to, I mean, there's all the times you get like four or five months. I know guys who've run bad, you know, they tell me I've been running for two years bad. I'm like, I'll BS, right? Because nine times out of ten you hear that. It's just a joke, right? It's a guy who's falling behind the game. And then I like, I look at the hands, I look at the stats, I look at the big blind earnings. I'm like, man, you're running like crap. <laughs> you're, you're running terrible. <laughs> like, you know, enjoy. Like, I mean, and that's why I think you guys have like side hustles. You know what I mean? Like Alan Kessler, everybody was laughing at Alan Kessler when he did this at one, uh, at, at one uh, WSOP, right? He was walking around with Beats headphones. He was selling them for like 400, right? And like, typically they were like 300. I was like, I was like, dude, this dude's a genius, right? Stupid poker players always want to get their multicolored Beats headphones, right? And probably a lot of them show up and their, their headphones break. And, like, you know, they're, they're high and they don't want to, like, talk to people. And, uh, you know, they still got to look cool with their designer hoodie. And it's like, well, the only guy you can talk to is Alan Kessler about that. Otherwise, you're going to have to drive over to Best Buy on the break. Well, to them, like, it's worth $100, you know, just to not have to listen to the stupid prattling on of a lot of poker players. Like, I had a pretty good hand. I don't know if you did. I had a pretty good hand. And, like, you know, somebody somebody be like, man, I'll take a bullet to my head. Oh, $400. Okay, right, great. Okay, cool. Let me grab that, right? And it's like you got to have these side hustles going on, right? Or like Greg Raymer selling his fossils, which, by the way, there's no chance anybody bought those ever. But, like, uh, there's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I've never bought that, right, it, uh, I never bought one, nor, nor did I ever buy that, uh, but, like, uh, it, it, it's amazing to me, like, I don't know, like, if that did sell, I wouldn't be surprised, because people buy some crazy stuff, but, like, that's a good side hustle, you know what I mean, and for all I know, he was selling, like, collector's merchandise, right, and it could have been, uh, you of all people, Barry, know there's a real market for some goofy stuff. Out oh, yeah. There. Yeah, and I mean, people, you know, if people love it, people love it. I just, I didn't, I didn't think the poker room would be the, <laughs> when I saw that on WSOP, I was like, you know, this fool ain't got eBay. Like, you gotta, you gotta be hustling to me like fossilized eggs of like chickens from the 1500s while I'm check raising your ass. Like, but yeah, anyway, but like, I mean, you gotta have some kind of side hustle, right? All these guys do, right? Like, Phil Ivey doesn't just play poker. John Juana didn't just play poker. I don't just play poker. A lot of these dudes don't just play poker. So, 
I mean, you know, you got to keep looking around, keep finding where the edges are, right? Keep trying to figure it out. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good time, man. It sounds like you're on that ride. Sounds like you're really enjoying it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. Keep going. Keep on keeping on, and uh, good luck in that WSOP. Hey, if you're going to let it, if you're going to keep playing these MTTs, be honest with yourself. You're going to have to sell like 50, 70% of yourself in each one of these events, right? At a markup. If you, if you're going to go back to the 500s in like uh, cash, go ahead, let it ride, man. Have fun. Good luck out there. And it's a learning experience, right? It's a learning experience. It's, a, it's tough to do anything in any WSOP. My, my record in the WSOP is abysmal, even though. I'm probably, man, I'm probably negative 200K in the WSP. Like, literally, right? I'm still, like, profitable lifetime in, like, tournaments, right? Uh, live tournaments. But I just, uh, like, I, I, I've just never, like, the WSP, uh, to be honest, for a number of years, I, the structures were really bad. Now they're a lot better. So I think, I think, they're, I think you have a bit more of a chance. But, uh, no, nah, it's probably not that bad. What am I saying, 200? It was probably like 140 or something like that. I forgot I took a few years uh, off. I, w I was doing the math too <laughs> too, uh, too rapidly there. And I, di I did get one bigger score. So, yeah, uh, anyway. Oh, yeah, wait, no, my 30. Oh, wait, no, that's really down. Okay, yeah, I forgot I won a, third, I won a tournament there for 33K. Okay, never mind. So it's probably... <laughs> That, you got win the you win the man and you're well ahead. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly, man. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I, keep us up to date as well how your World Series goes. Let us know after what you did do and stuff. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what the what the reality was, you know, what you did. Yes sir. So keep us up to date. Uh, Alex, you got time to squeeze in one last question today? Let's do it. All right. Um, I got time to from... squeeze into anything for you, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Alex. Uh, all right. Good. Actually, with this, uh, with this, this haircut, I need going to oh, Alex. <laughs> right. Um, uh, okay, this one is from David. It's the last question of today. Keep your questions coming in for the next show. Questions at com. Email, and we will read them out. This is the last one today from David. Hey, please can you talk about meta game? How much is it how much is this a thing in online poker today? I sometimes get into overthinking hands, sometimes I'm right, sometimes wrong. Do you think today more and more people just play in the numbers and statistics than what old school people would call real poker? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh thank you, man. Uh I, I would really in my opinion. I think most of the time when people bring up metagame, it's a justification for doing something aggressive that was pretty stupid. And uh, this is from the guy who was the king of that, like, when I was a kid. Like, I would just, you know, like, well, I thought he had to be three-betting me because I'd opened a bunch. So, you know, I jammed the king for suited. And, you know, what the hell? He had jacks. And, you know, what can you do, right? And then, uh, really, I, I think, I don't think people are playing the numbers. I think people are playing their cards. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, uh, and they just kind of, they play their game, they play their cards. The only metagame considerations I really think of is, uh, I, I, is this guy really likely just to, like, press even though he should? Like, range-wise, something that's really interesting with the, the new Poker Snowy app is it'll be like, you get three bet, what percentage of the time should you four bet here, right? And it's like, it'll be something like 20%, right? And it should be, you know, 80% of the time you 
should be folding. Now, that seems pretty obvious to us, but there, a lot of poker players, their ranges are really unbalanced because versus certain players, it's 100%. Versus other players, it's zero, right? So you've got to kind of figure out which one you are, right? I tend to be the type of person that pisses people off, so I expect their four-bet ranges to go up. Therefore, my five-bet ranges go up. If you kind of, you know, if, you're, if your name on a particular poker site is Venetian fan 1976, I don't think the... Uh, I don't think the four bet's going to go up on you nearly as much as it should, right? But you kind of, you, to me, like the real metagame things I think of, uh, like, and I mean metagame is like, you know, you're playing back at each other, like what happens. The real, to me, like the younger guys are always in the metagame that everybody's picking on me, right? I, I, I think a lot of poker players come from, a, a lot of poker players are outcasts. They, uh, uh, you know, they're kind of like lone wolves. They're, uh, they're, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them really can devote themselves to poker because like school or their job is not really working out that well. And a certain type of person does not work out that well socially, right? And that type of person tends to think they're getting picked on quite a bit. So I think the metagame these days is just to always assume people are going to get angry, uh, angrier than they should, because a lot of the young people are like that. And a lot of the guys that are my age, you know, like 27, 28 came up in poker. You got to remember when they came in, when we came into poker, like bluff magazine and all these different outlets, you know, I mean, most of their uh, focus was on like the top 1% as it, you know, just like if you picked up a golf magazine, they're going to be writing about uh, Tiger Woods, not the 154th ranked player, right? That's just what people want to read about. That's what the casual fans want to read about. But unfortunately we would read that, and we would think that was going to be us, right? And then, you know, 10 years down the line, you got some back taxes to the IRS. You don't really got anything really working for you. You're, you're living in a one-bedroom, and now you're not even in your home country, a lot, a lot of these American kids. And a lot of these guys get pretty spiteful, you know what I mean? And, that, you know, it, early on it's easy to do because, hey, you know, everybody else is in school, but I'm making money. Yeah, you know, I'm the king. You know, the game's mine. And then, you know, 10 years later, you know, people got good jobs, they're having kids, they're buying houses, and your stupid ass is still in the Bay 101 card room every day playing 1-2, right? Trying to hustle the four working as a hostess, right? And you ain't making it work. And uh, you're, trying to, you're trying to figure this out. And, like, you just kind of get spiteful. And then the only metagame you got to know is if these guys will find an excuse to raise, they will. And usually there's a bountiful array of excuses they can find. So, like, I play tighter than I've ever, like, I play tight. Like, I mean, you guys have, I have, any, I'm, I have so many videos to upload to YouTube. I've gotten backed up, right, of just final tables and stuff. Like, I'm final tabling, like, every day, right, lately. And I, I play, like, eight, ten tournaments a day. All I do is I sit there, I sit there, I sit there, and then I'm like, okay, the young guy open. I'm going to three-bet with my eights. And, you know, he gets pissed off and jams ace-deuce off. And it's like, all right, thank you. You know, I'm going to sit there. But, like, I can't bluff people anymore like I used to, right? I can't. Every time I three-bet, every time I three-bet library, I get four-bet. Like, literally every single time. Like, it's like their penis size is going to shrink if they fold, right? And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the bigger considerations. You got, I think a lot of people are real bitter right now. I think in a couple of years, I think people are going to start realizing – I think once once you start facing, like, poker could be out of your life. I think a lot of people re-enter the workforce, re-enter school, and they realize, oh, this is real work. 
you know what I mean? Not school, not going to a university in school. You guys are all pussies. But uh, everybody else, you know, who's working a real job, uh, and I'm just kidding, but no, y'all are. You know, going, you know, paying 100k a year to like go to your safe space. Uh, you know, y'all, y'all are ridiculous. But like, uh, it, like if you go into work a job and you come back, you're gonna be like, you're gonna, you're gonna be like, you, you know, oh, oh wow, man, poker was actually pretty nice. I think you're gonna, and I think you're gonna see a lot of people re-enter the workforce, come back out. I think you're gonna see a lot of, I think you're gonna see a lot of people. Uh, it just kind of start appreciating poker a bit more, and I think it's going to even out a little bit more. But right now, I, th- I feel like a lot of people are on edge. I think that's the real metagame thing you got to think about. Is they're not really thinking about you. They're not. They're kind of thinking about their cards, and they're kind of there's like this. There, there's like a rumination effect, right? They're just kind of ruminating on everything that could have been, which it's it's bizarre to me because like who. <laughs> Who gets to live like this and, like, travel and play a game for a living? You know what I mean? Everybody expects to be a damn millionaire with a Ferrari and Monte Carlo. It's like, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I mean, you know, you can have the life, man. You can have the life. Like, you know, you just, it's it's probably going to be, I mean, you listening right now, there's birds chirping, you know what I mean? Like, everything. Obviously, you say that, yeah. Yeah, the birds are, that was on cue, right? Like, you can have a house, like, nice house, nice country. It might not be the States, but I, actually... It might be in the States, but I'm sorry, it's probably not going to be in a metropolis, you know what I mean? You might have to move out to a nice little college town, you know what I mean? That's got all the amenities, got good, it's got good internet. You might have to hop in your car and drive two and a half hours to see your family, but I know such is life, homie. Like, you know, life, life moves on. And, yeah, I've turned this into a rant about uh, uh, ki- kids being unappreciative again. You damn... <laughs> You damn whippersnappers! Yeah. Get off my get off my lawn. <laughs> there's one there's one viral the virus track called uh, uh, No Chaser, and it, it's essentially it's my favorite rapper ever, and he just, he's just destroying everybody throughout the the beat, and then at one point he just stops his incredible flow and just goes and stay the f off my lawn, like when you see me, boy, it's on, words bond, like, and then it was it's so funny because he was like he was this tall, smooth talking black dude, right, and like it just sounded like the most angry white guy you'd ever heard in your life. I just lost it the first time I heard it. I was like that was so good, but yeah, you check that. Hey, you see the rap battle? No, no. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you all. It's like my best battle. Nobody's seen it. They're all like, ah, I saw you versus Cannon, man. You you lost it, homie. You lost it, man. It's like, yeah, I know, I know. But I came back, man. I came in. I'm like Roy Jones Jr. I'm fighting past my prime, you know what I mean? Next time. I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. I'm always late to watch it, but I have been really ill. So yeah, everything's been annoying. Well, that, um, well, that makes like, sense because my bars are sick. Anyway, so I, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, even picking things like to watch on Netflix or on TV, I'm like, everything was just annoying me. You know, even making the decision of what to watch. So, oh, bro, I, it's, oh, not, it's bro, not the best. Yeah, bro, I got, I got, I got a movie for you. We'll discuss it on the next one. All right, it's called. Okay. Everybody see this movie. It's called The Invitation. All right, this is like one of my. Uh, remember the movie It Follows? Did you see that? Yeah, you saw that. We talked yeah, about yeah, that here. This is, yeah, yeah. this is in the same, like, 1970s vein, and it's, like, 100 times better. 
it's so sick, dude. It's like it, it's it, it like if I'll lay out the plot for all y'all like real quick. A guy, uh, okay, a guy. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, this doesn't give away much of anything. You learn this in the first like ten minutes. He uh, he lost his son uh, with his uh, ex-wife, and his ex-wife and him went to a support group for people who had lost uh, who had lost somebody. And uh, she meets some guy in the support group and runs off with him. And he kind of, he's just like the typical American guy who's just sick of everybody's crap, right? Like he's grown a beard, but it's not because he's a hipster. It's because he just really hates everything. <laughs> and the guy, the guy, after two years, he gets an invitation to like go see his ex-wife and her new boyfriend or whatever they are uh, for like a dinner party. And he doesn't really want to go, but... Uh, all of his friends who supported him a lot through his child's passing are going and he kind of just wants to support her because she was having a really tough time and he has a new, he has a new girlfriend. He's doing well. Right. So he's just like, all right, we'll go, we'll show up, we'll leave. Right. And he goes and it's just, it's, I love the movie because the people are just typical Los Angeles hipsters and it starts getting into like something seems really off from the beginning, but they were discussing at the beginning of the movie that he's really, he kind of had a psychological break after his kid passes. So you don't really know if it's in his head or if he's actually seeing something. So it's a, it's not really horror. It's kind of psychological. And, uh, it starts from that point. It's just, dude, it's such a glorious slow right, burn. I'll watch it. I'll watch it is it. such a good slow burn. It is so good. And it's like... Did you ever watch The Canal? Uh, no, dude, I didn't because uh, I suck. Dude, actually, you know what? I checked for it. It wasn't on Costa Rican Netflix. And I was like, I'm not going to spend two minutes downloading this on Pirate Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he yeah. think I am? Yeah, so like, the, can, the canal's good. Was that, that was that the one that was like really cheeky or was that like it really was, good? It was, it was set in Ireland uh, just a couple of years ago, I think 2014. Uh, oh, just watch it. It's one of the best. All right. Modern I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. I'm going to get everybody. Canal. Okay. I got yeah. I found it genuinely like frightening. It was good. Oh, that's good, man. Because nothing, yeah. nothing makes you scared anymore. <laughs> no, seriously, you watch a lot of horror. You know what I mean? Me too. But you know, it's a really great thing to do for horror. Uh, watch it really late at night. At the end of the at the end of the day, a really long work day when your nerves are shot, and then drink a full cup of really black coffee. And <laughs> no, seriously, this is what I do. This is how I watch horror movies. And dude, it is just like, <laughs> like this is this is nuts. Like this is so sick. Like, but yeah, that's my high right now. All right, guys, we gotta let's put a bow yeah. on this. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks for all the questions that have been sent in. Keep them coming in. We've got plenty still for our next show, but do keep them coming. They will always get uh, run to eventually. Alex, how can people get in touch with you for, I was going to say private coaching and stuff, but at the start of the show, you know, you're, you're looking at the more webinar route and that, but how can people get in touch with you for all your extras? Yeah, uh, write me at pokerheadrush.com. Oh, excuse me. Write me at alex at pokerheadrush.com or assassinatecoaching at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I mean... We're still, you know what I mean, like, just let me know what's going on. I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch with you. And uh, if you guys want to set, if you guys want to set up, uh, if you guys want to hear from me every Thursday and I kind of let you guys know what free stuff we got going out. And uh, Barry can tell you there's tons of videos. Uh, there's tons of, 
uh, it, there's tons of podcasts, there's tons of strategy articles and all that good stuff. And I kind of give you guys an update on what's like the next thing that we should be working on given like the trends in the industry. Uh, if you want to check that out, si sign up at pokerheadrush.com and uh, it'll be, it, you sign up in the newsletter, join, uh, join the newsletter section. And uh, you guys should be checking out Poker Head Rush for everything. Anyway, it's uh, that site. That I like that site. You like that site, Barry? I did a yeah. I do. I, do. I, I, I I remember looking at that site way way back. Oh, it was so bad, dude. When we started, we had no idea what we were doing. Like they were like, you need to do the HTML H HTML code. I'm like, how do you think I'm gonna do that? Like, do you really think? Do I look like a guy who knows that? Like I scream at clouds because they're pissing me off, man. I'm that old man. Like I don't, I don't think I know HTML code, but I've learned all this stuff. Check out the site. The site's cool. It's like battle rap, trip reports, uh, blogs, uh, strategy articles, uh, and there's links to everything. Like if you just want this galaxy of free content on how to up your poker game, just go there and it's all there. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think we talked about. Everything. Oh, check out the uh, check out the YouTube channel, Assassin on Coaching. I'm gonna start uploading some videos. I got backed up for a little bit. Uh, also, just took a couple days to lay on the couch and fall asleep and watch baseball because you know I have to prove to everybody I'm an American once in a while in this neighborhood. I left my door open so like literally everybody in my neighborhood was walking by and there's like this slightly overweight American laying down on his couch falling asleep with baseball on. They were like, "Yep, yep, story <laughs> checks out." And uh, yeah, eating fried chicken. Mm. But like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, check out the YouTube channel. And ah, there was one more thing I was going to tell you guys to check out. Uh, oh, yeah, check out the battle, guys. Check out uh, Assassinato versus Cobol 45. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's my best battle yet. It's, uh, it's a really funny battle. And it's really, uh, the, the other guy, Cobol 45, has done like 30 battles in his life and he's like a legend in that part of california right so it was a real honor to battle him and i think he like he, he definitely he's kind of a connoisseur when it comes to like the battle rap right so i didn't think he was gonna have many kind words for me after we got done battling because i kind of i, I kind of really went after him and he was just more than gracious and he was like, man, this is just a great battle. So we're, we're getting it out there, man. You all have fun with it. I think you'll have a great time. People are cracking up every time I show them it. So, you know, have a, you know, have a, have a good time, guys. Check that out, and I'll, I'll see you for the next one. And I'm off to obtain a copy of the invitation. Uh, yeah, go check, go check it out. I, <laughs> hey, hey, man, I, I, I rented it on Amazon. I watched it. I said I'm really... Well, it was like all my friends like they put it up on like a streaming site. I'm like, that, guys, like it costs like two dollars to rent on Amazon. Are we that cheap? Like, I mean, yeah. like seriously. I mean, like <laughs> for real. I mean, for real. This is somebody's like two years of their life, right? In like millions of dollars. Like, so I was like, I, I was like, yeah. So I like, I just went on Amazon. It was like, you know, I rented it, and it was like cool. You know what I mean? But like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm really getting touchy about that lately. I. I deleted all the books I stole off of my Kindle, and I feel great about it. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Guys. Well, it's 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 scary, and it only you're more aware of it because you produce content. I, I get well. pirated like real bad. I do get pirated. <laughs> yeah. Even even myself, I remember being on YouTube, and I saw my Phil Helmuth video. Um, someone had took the interview that I did, 
and they created like a poker channel and they had that on it and it had they were had like AdSense, you know, adverts. Oh, wow, on. that's wow. And I messaged the guy and I was like, uh, this is my video and he was like, Oh, uh, sorry, I'll take it down if you want this and that and I sort of went, Well, it's he, he left the one outer logo and stuff on it and he, he put in the little notes like this yeah. is pr- property of one outer dot com or whatever. So I just thought if he's going to the effort of creating a YouTube channel, so then it's going to direct even a few more people to the site or whatever. So I thought, you know, whatever. But yeah, I was like, we're a little shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Well, and yeah, and like you say, two, two years of someone's life making a film and someone's just like, yeah, pirate made a load. Yeah, that was shit. And then slate <laughs> it on Twitter. You don't mind people slating it if they paid to see it, at least, well, you mean, know? It, it robs you of something, too. I mean, like, if you go to a comedy show where people paid $1 to get in, versus a comedy show where it was free, you will see a palpable difference, right? The the people with $1 invested will be trying to enjoy themselves, right? Whereas, I think that's good for everybody because everybody's such a sniveling little miserable punk these days. That wasn't the first word that came to my mind. It kind of rhymes with punk. Anyway, uh, but like, uh, no, it it was... uh, it, it, it like when I pay for these things, I feel a lot better, man. I feel like I'm reading a book. I'm like, I really enjoy this book I bought. Whereas like, if it's just a crappy like little cop. <laughs> Before we go, I gotta say this. You just reminded me of an absolute topper. I remember going to the Empire State Building, and it was something ridiculous, like I don't know, thirty dollars to get inside. Yeah, or yeah. And we went in and like um. I didn't pay for it. The guy was with paid for it at the time. And we walked in and there was like one of these 3D or 4D rides that you get strapped in. And like you're riding, you know, like down the Empire State Building and up and over New York and stuff. And water gets sprayed and whatever. And this thing was shit, Alex. (laughs) I've been on stuff like that that was actually quite good and innovative. And I was like, oh, but this one was terrible. And like I was sitting going, oh, this. And I was like 16 at the time, 17. Oh, wow. So I, 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 I should have enjoyed it more. And there was these grown men and women like, whoa, like, whoa, like, whoa. <laughs> like, and I was like, that's only because you paid $35 each for like a family of six. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to get, you're trying to get your money's worth. Exactly. And, like, exactly. No, you that's know? exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, this is shit. You know? <laughs> I definitely do that sometimes when I buy a book or a movie. I'm like, man, I'm more angry that I spent money <laughs> on it. And I'm like, but I don't know. It's a, it, I don't know, man. And all the copies. Yeah, we're, in, we're in trouble. This podcast's free. Yeah, that's okay. Then they can disperse it, man. They can disperse it. Yeah, that's probably that's probably well. Podcasts are different because it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's two jackasses talking. But like, yeah, maybe I'll, if we charged a dollar to listen, people would enjoy it more. They force themselves to enjoy. Yeah, it exactly. But yeah, then we'd have t- we'd have eight people listening. So I don't know. Yeah, if that would work. Fair. Yeah. So fair. anyway, anyway. So. Okay. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Keep your questions coming in for Alex. Free as always. Whether you enjoy it or not, questions at oneouter.com on the email. Keep them coming in and we will answer them on a future show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you all next week. Cheers. Don't make us glass your 4D ride. 
America's Card Room is bringing the Online Super Series 6. From April 15th to April 24th, you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 6 cents. The OSS 6 has $2.5 million in prize pools, including the $1 million guaranteed tournament on Sunday, April 24th. Only at America's Card Room.